All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am Illegal86, as always, and I am joined by my fantastic friends and fantastic co-hosts and all-around generally amazing people, Nerd Bomber and Tectic. Say hello, guys. Hello, hello, everybody. Hey, how's it going? I said, say hello. One of you said hello twice, and one of you said, hey, how's it going? I gave very explicit instructions. I don't take orders very well. I'm a rebel. Well, you you took the orders. I'm the one that uh, rebelled, if anything. Yeah, you actually took the orders twice. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking to crack down on this. Uh, I've let this go on long enough, so this is your last this is your last warning. And after this, I don't know what's going to happen, but you you don't want to know either, guys. I'm just kidding. We're all friends here. They can say whatever they want, and it's a it's a free country, and uh, it's also September. It's still September. It's the midpoint of September, in fact. Fall is coming. It's actually getting into the 40s here Fahrenheit for all those out of towners. But that's like it was chilly willy this morning, man. Went outside yeah. and it was it was nippy. I'm very concerned because I hasn't haven't brought in my lemon tree yet. I'll say my my willy was chilly and Ooh. my nippies were were nippy. <laughs> I don't know if I, I like that. I don't think you, I like you that. You said at all. willy. You said willy and nippy in the same sentence. I basically had no choice. <laughs> I was just rhyming. I'm fine with saying that on the air, but it's getting cold. Is my point, and it's pants weather. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but pants slash sweater weather are when I am, as a person, am at my strongest and at my best feeling, like, in terms of, like, the clothes I have, the outfits, and just the general ambiance of, like, fall and winter, I freaking thrive. Are you a flannel guy? I see. It's actually, I'm not a flannel guy, but I'm, like, a, I'm, like, a, a button down with a sweater over it guy, or, like, a, like a quarters, like, a quarter zip. So, one would call you a nerd. I'm a nerd, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but we... We host a podcast where we literally just are nerds for like an hour a week. But I'm also a nerd outside of that time too. And that involves dressing up in button downs and sweaters. My my girlfriend actually since quarantine has started has been giving me a hard time, especially back in March when it was still cold and I could wear pants and sweaters. She was like, why are you wearing that getup? Like you're only seeing me today. Like where you're <laughs> not leaving the house. She's like a big sweatpants and like, you know, sweatpants person. We're on the same page, and, me and her, to be totally honest. I don't know if yeah. Tactic has seen me. Like there have been a couple occasions where I needed to dress up. But for the most part, I'm pretty sure I'm either in t-shirts and shorts or a hoodie and sweatpants. And that has been my wardrobe. It's weird. It's weird well, when she gets dressed at this point. I don't know if you've talked about this on the air either, but I know you're a proponent of what I think you refer to as the blanket burrito. Oh, yeah. Granted, I'm currently, clothing, I'm recording but. this and I am a blanket burrito right at this very moment. Are, ha, have you thought about getting one of those? Because they, they like make blankets now that are literally like they look like tortillas. Have you considered that? I've thought about it, but then I looked up how much they cost. And you know what? For that price, they're like 30, 40 bucks. You can get a nice cuddle dud, which is a nice little fleece burrito. And that will be much better. Yeah, you're, play- you're paying a premium just for the joke. Yeah. It also weirds me out how real they look. Like like you could you want to eat them? That's yeah. like an issue for you? Yeah. I could. Yeah, I can get behind that. I've never been. I've just seen them online. I've never been like up near one. But who knows what would happen if I was near one and I was hungry. Anyways, it's fall, so hooray for that. If you're if you're a pants and sweater person like I am, it's a great time for you. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Believe it or not, we've talked about it for going on five minutes now, but that's not what this episode is going to be. We're going to talk about a number of things. Of course, the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer dropped today. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, all of us here are viewers, so we're going to talk about that, talk about what we can maybe expect from Season 2, what the trailer wants us to think we can expect. Uh, we're also going to talk about, is it is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? 
I've asked this on the podcast before. I haven't internalized it. I've I always think called it's it Ubisoft. Yeah, I've always yeah. called it Ubi. So we're going to go with Ubisoft. That's the official position of the Online Warriors podcast. The Ubisoft Forward event, which premiered a number of interesting things, including some more content from Watch Dogs Legion. Immortal, I can't think of the full... Immortal Legends, what is it? Do you remember the title of this? I'm, I'm really prepared here. Phoenix Rising, I know is the subtitle. I think uh, it's Immortal Im- Phoenix Rising. I can't... Like, nobody yeah. can really knock you for not knowing it offhand because for the longest time it was Gods and Monsters and then they had to change it, I believe. Wasn't it because, like, a monster lawsuit? Like, monster energy Copywriting. Yeah. Right. I it's it's a, so it's Immortals Phoenix Rising, which we need to believe that it's like a Immortal isn't like a subtitle, like it's a sequel or something. I don't think it is. I think it's just a standalone game. But we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and then of course there's news. Well, I guess the first news of a Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake. So we'll get to that gaming news. And then of course, where would we be if we didn't talk about Venus on the podcast? You know, Venus, that planet that you've never seen but you've heard about. Maybe you have seen it. Isn't it like super easy to look at with a telescope? I don't think it is. We we actually oh. we did a lot of you guys, astronomy. Your owners, yeah. We yeah, we have a, a pretty owners. nice telescope, and that was not one of the planets we could see easily. I'm sure if you probably have like a thousand dollar telescope, but we are not that hard of an enthusiast. We have like the two hundred dollar telescope. Well, it's also based on news. our longitude and latitude. It's not really available at reasonable times. I see. Yeah, astronomy is weird. I don't know anything about it astronomy or astrology i know nothing about either but we're gonna talk about venus a little bit there's some been some big extraterrestrial news that doesn't sound right but there's there's news about venus that that we'll get to that that's that's enough of a teaser home yeah uh tactic's gonna bring back his et's remember you talked about et's parents what was that (laughs) oh yeah his dad went out for smokes and never came yeah (laughs) our our super bowl post post super bowl like commercial roundup there was that commercial about et and you told the you you spun a yarn I would say is what you did about E.T.'s parents. So we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Venus. But first, let's roll it back to the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer. Now, this was this was not a long trailer. It, was, it wasn't even two minutes, I don't think, which these days is pretty short for a trailer. But this gave us a lot to look at, right? Most importantly, I mean, you knew you were going to see Baby Yoda, but like, it's clearly going to be very Baby Yoda-centric again, which why wouldn't it be? Baby Yoda's a phenomenon. And we hear, we hear a lot of dialogue about, you know, What's Mando going to do with this kid? And it sounds like the answer is he is going to seek out uh, the Jedi. Now, remembering that this is post episode six, post Battle of Endor, there's definitely a lot of gray area in there for the show to work with in terms of what the Jedi even are at this point. We've heard, we talked about on the podcast, other characters from other things, uh, the Clone Wars, I think, the character from the Clone Wars, whose name I can't pronounce, is going to be involved, played by Rosario Dawson. We don't see her in the trailer, but we hear a lot of whispers of the Jedi and he's going to be trying to find the Jedi. And meanwhile, everyone still wants a piece of this kid. That's the rough gist of it. But I don't know. Initial thoughts from you guys. I hit the high points plot wise, but what uh, what enticed you, I guess, is, is the question I'll lead with. I mean, I thought it looked really good. I don't know if I've been this excited about a Star Wars trailer in a while. And it kind of, I, I don't know if it was just, I was super excited to see more of Baby Yoda because 2020 has been a year where I need cuteness more than usual. And he was just still heckin' adorable, especially when he like noped out of that fight at the end and just like put up his little right. his little cubby thing over his floating cradle. But I, I did have one question. So like everything looked awesome. A lot of really cool potential for story involvement. I like the return of some existing characters we saw and the promise of a lot of cool epic battles 
Marvels. We saw the fight scene at the end with Mando at the end of the trailer. But I was a little confused when he didn't know or seem to understand who the Jedi were because I thought the Jedi were pretty like well known by that point. So that was my only question mark over the entire thing because assuming that it does take place after episode six, wouldn't he know who the Jedi were at least vaguely? So, okay, well, Tactic, do you want to take that or do you want me to, to dive into that? Because I think I have an answer. Why don't you dive into that first? Because I, I actually, that was one of the takes that I wanted to expand upon. But I want to hear what you have okay. to say. Well, so I think if I were to, I think your point is, is fairly made. You know, assumedly based on, you know, for one thing, like Harrison Ford's agent, like not a lot of time passes between episode six and episode seven. And that's, and that's where this show is supposed to live in. And you would think that, you know, the Jedi didn't just totally vanish in that time from, from public public record right i think the x factor here is that this is when you hear that when you hear you know she says like there's tales of uh mandalore interacting with i think they call them like space wizards or some sorcerers they They don't actually say the word yeah which i guess goes to show how little they actually know about the jedi but the mandalorians are this very reserved people right they're this there's this whole subculture that's totally removed from the rest of the galaxy it seems like i mean in season one they kind of dive into that a little bit where there's this whole colony of them living beneath the streets of of that town where a lot of things take place right i'm guessing that there's just a lot of things that they simply don't know much about and the jedi is one of those things i mean boba fett of course had some interaction with with jedi you know having been essentially killed by luke skywalker spoiler alert i guess and the same goes for jango fett who was killed by mace windu but but i guess the point of what i'm trying to say is that the mandalorians are are sheltered in a certain way and i think that way extends to not knowing who the Jedi are. That, that's that's my thesis, I guess, on it. But uh, Tactic, you said you wanted to expand more on this. Yeah, so the fact that they just refer to them as sorcerers, absolutely, I love that because it puts this, we all know what Jedis are. We all know what they're capable of. But within the story arc, it puts this mysterious black box over them from Mando's mm-hmm. point of view. And I love that because now he knows it's this group that they had opposition with that he has no idea what they're capable of. All he knows is that they're, quote, sorcerers. And so there's going to be this growth and development of him coming to realize what they can do, what what they're, you know, what the people who are on the dark side, on the light side, kind of where they stand and what they're capable of. And we get to enjoy that all over again. And that, for me, was something that I was really excited about because when we had first heard that there was going to be Jedis in this series, we all had the same reaction with, oh, man, it's going to be the same shtick where big, powerful Jedi comes in, saves the day. Well, by doing it this way, in my opinion, it kind of stretches it out and lets us relive that what is a Jedi experience? And that excites me. Well, I think they're doing it the right way. And the important aspect of it, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I, I think the important aspect of it is that we, the audience, are kind of, we're kind of in on it, right? Like, like Mando doesn't know. And presumably Mando is going to approach all of this with some kind of enmity or at least frostiness of like, okay, you're not supposed to trust these quote unquote sorcerers. We know what the Jedi are capable of, which I guess is both good and bad. But like season one kind of made hay with that idea, right? By introducing mando to this baby yoda who you know we look at baby yoda and we say oh it's baby yoda and like you know when when baby yoda uses the force for the first time we're not surprised because he's the same species as yoda you know we we kind of expect that but it shocks him and it shocks everyone i mean no one knows who baby yoda is in this universe but we all know and that's it makes it pleasant to watch in, in a certain way and i think that's kind of the same approach they're taking with, oh, who are these Who are these sorcerers? And we're like, oh, we know. They're Jedi. You'll learn about them, and we'll watch you learn about them. And I think that's really cool. But one of my concerns is, 
I think they're called. Do you remember what the, are they called the whistling birds? The thing on his the wrist thing he's got. Um, I want to say yes, but it's it might that. just be recency bias because you just said it. So now I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. The things, you know, yeah, they're whistling birds. I'm concerned about that becoming a when they first make them, right? When they make them in season one, if I remember correctly, uh, she's like, you only got a few of these. You gotta make you gotta make them count. And the first time he uses them, when he's essentially saving Baby Yoda and, and killing all the stormtroopers, it's incredible, right? It's such a cool moment. And you're like, wow, the whistling birds are legit. They're basically auto kills for like a whole room worth of guys. If if they just continue to use that at will to get him out of sticky situations, it's going to get old. So like, it was a cool moment in this trailer. I love the way they did that when they cut to black and you hear him killing all these people. I thought that was cool. And, and of course, the joke where Baby Yoda shuts up his little papoose thing or whatever was, was also funny. But I have concerns about that. That's like my one reservation is I don't want them to turn that into a, a constant escape hatch. I don't think he used the whistling birds in that scene. I think he used the environment. I really do. That's what I think the cutting to black is actually them. what happened in that fight. I don't know if you he used them. all they, of they them, whistled. but he definitely used some of them. I don't know if he exhausted his reserve, but he definitely used some. Well, or they might want you to, they put might have put the sound in, they want you to think that, but maybe tactics, right? Maybe they're, maybe that's totally could be something like, I'm over here, I'm over here. No, I'm not. Pow. I, <laughs> potentially. <yeah. laughs> My other impression from this trailer was how much they seem to be opening up the world to because season one i think we really only saw mando on two planets correct uh it'd be it'd be three three planets uh, and three planets in a space station i think to be exact but like the the fact that we just see so many different environments so many different spaceships i think wasn't there even a boat in this trailer four planets sorry i'm counting in my head but oh, yes okay. i did want to talk about space boats like, space boats it just looks like they're going to be opening up this universe where before it, not that it felt very like Mando's contained world, but it felt like a very small chunk of the vast universe that exists in Star Wars. So I'm kind of excited to see how they just kind of approach the whole idea that the galaxy is so big, especially since you have to think about how they have to find the Jedi, obviously. So they're going to be exploring a lot more and they won't be these kind of self-contained worlds that they'll be going to so it could that could either go really well or really poorly depending on how they pull it off but i for one am kind of excited to see what they do with that because especially if they do like this single episode type adventure with the underarching storyline kind of connecting them all i think that could be really cool yeah i i, I mean one of the big great things about star wars right is it's this expansive universe that like that by definition i mean there's been so much so many medias you know things done about star wars right you have all these movies you have tv shows you have a boatload of books you have video games everything but this galaxy can be as large as you want it to be essentially you can make a new planet whenever you want and just say this planet's in the outer rim and we're going there and i in it's in a sense that's a little frustrating right because it can just it can always get bigger you can never really hem anything in but at the same time it's just it's just this ultimate crucible for like imagination right and they can do so so much and and i have to admit that like watching this trailer and like I, it's funny but like seeing this space boat i was like that's cool that's like that's a very simple thing that they were like what has not been seen in the star wars universe that can be interesting and someone somewhere was like a space boat and like part of me also part of this is uh, influenced by reading youtube comments which you should never do by the way never do that i did it anyways and like a lot of people were like oh man if only you know john favreau and company had worked on the sequel trilogy and I thought about that for a minute and I was like, yeah, like, like Mando's only had one season and me, but season two looks good. And like after two seasons, I would 
definitely if they were season two is good i'd be like they should have done the sequel trilogy because the sequel trilogy to me the more i think about every time i think about the sequel trilogy i'm like that didn't work out like it just it didn't and it do, seems like i have, they have to a blame that a little bit show. though on the fact that it was such a disjointed effort like you can't right, multiple have directors you and, can't have multiple directors for a trilogy and expect there to be a cohesive story, especially when it's publicly known that some of the directors are undoing what the other directors did. So like it was destined to kind of be a shit show. Well, so counterpoint, I, so first of all, I agree with you, but to provide a discussive counterpoint, the first three star Wars movies, episode four, five, and six, I believe were all directed by different people. Uh, granted they were all under the essentially constant surveillance of George Lucas. I think, I think that's what the difference factor is, but yeah, they still had, even though there were different directors, they still had a storyline that they were following for the, right. like they, they made a lot of changes up. as they went, but ultimately there was one guy who had envisioned the story and he was kind of driving the bus. It's group projects. Right. 101. You got to have one voice, right? Exactly. And, and it looks like the Mandalorian granted they have a revolving door of directors, but they have one essentially showrunner and that's john favreau right and and i'm sure he's working in conjunction with other people but it's it's going very well and you know this is coming october 30th i'm super excited for it i'll, I'll watch it as quickly as they'll allow me that's the other thing that i wanted to mention uh last year if i remember correctly last year were they doing an episode a week and yes, that was they were. just excru- it was excruciating and they're going to do it again i have to imagine and yeah that's that i will say that's going to be hard but uh, other than that you know i'm really excited for this uh, I believe the season is eight episodes. Uh, it drops October 30th. So again, like last year, it's going to take us right through to, to Christmas, essentially. Dude, I'm um, so excited, though. I think on Twitter, I was talking to one of our listeners or somebody, and basically we were talking about how we don't really boot up Disney Plus all that often anymore. And no, Mandalorian is the reason why I come back. Like, that is something that I I will continue to boot up and subscribe to Disney Plus. Granted, we're using a free Verizon trial thing for a year, so I guess that doesn't really count. Right. But well, the, it, it's, it's driving the bus, and it really is getting me back in that Disney Plus store. Because basically, until Mulan came out, I can't tell you the last thing that we watched on Disney Plus. It's funny you mentioned that, too, because I have to believe that Disney... Listen, everything Disney does is coldly calculated, right? You can call them this magical company... No, everything they do is calculated for dollars and cents. And guess when our, our, cause we're on the same free trial. Guess when that started? Guess when October? the year is up? <laughs> it's like November 7th. Or oh, something. God. Uh, so we're going to have to, obviously, I mean, we're going to have to like re up it. But like, I'm guessing that that's like part of the design, right? It's like, okay, it's, a, it's been a year. People have free year trials through such and such. We got to hook them. And this will be a way for, it's going to work. <laughs> I'll say right now, it's going to work on me at least for three months or however long it takes me to watch mandalorian because yeah i'm in the same boat i mean i haven't even watched move on yet and like i don't know i guess i especially around when we first got it i was using it a decent amount for the marvel movies but like aside from that in this household it does not get used very often at all it's just once you go through and there's only so many times you can revisit all of the old disney movies and i just there's not enough new content on there to keep me coming back i think we recently watched magic camp and this is like a what are you up to i guess worthy thing but it ties into disney plus and like it was it was okay Mm -hmm. but like we kind of happened upon it because we had watched mulan it was like oh watch this next and we're like oh okay so but like there's not enough new content except for the Mandalorian, which is the one thing I guess that will keep me coming back. There's not enough enticing new content. Yeah. Like it's, it's tough. Like when, whenever Captain America and the winter soldier comes out or whatever it's called Falcon and the winter soldier, whenever that comes out. Oh yeah. When I'll the Marvel stuff comes back. Like, 
when that comes, it's going to be great. But that's been assumedly pushed back because of COVID. And like, at this point, we're kind of just like sitting here like, okay, like we've done the nostalgia thing. We're done with that. Give us something. And the Mandalorian hopefully will be a start of them doing that, that more and more. But like we said, October 30th, season two, eight episode order, I think, Baby Yoda. Everyone loves Baby Yoda. So, Dude, I'm so excited. I already used the GIF with Baby Yoda closing his cradle today multiple times. I'm so pumped for more Baby Yoda GIFs because that is like when the first season came out, that is my primary way of communicating with people. It's just through Baby Yoda GIFs. It really was. I, I uh, I can absolutely confirm this. I would ask her bomber a question. Didn't matter what the question was. I would get back either a baby Yoda looking happy holding a cup of tea <laughs> or a baby Yoda, I guess, looking like nonplussed. I don't know. But she did communicate fully and in, in baby Yoda gifs. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that happening again. So again, October 30th, season two, get hyped. The hype is real. Right now, we're actually going to we're going to save the Ubisoft stuff for after the break. And we're going to talk a little bit about Venus right now. Specifically, we're going to talk about phosphine. I think it's phosphine gas. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct. Any scientists out there? It's either phosphine or phosphine. Here's what happened. Astronomers announced on Monday of this week that it's the atmosphere of Venus is phosphine. Thank you. The acidic atmosphere of Venus was found to contain phosphine molecules, which, according to an article from CBS News, are primarily a result of human industry or the actions of microbes that thrive in oxygen-free environments. So, of course, when people hear this the first conclusion they jump to is aliens or like or i shouldn't say aliens but like life on venus i guess is what i'll say venus of course being one of the closest planets to us one that's similar in size uh similarly close to, uh, around as close to the sun as we are so i think for a while people have been like oh why can't we just go to venus and you've seen sci-fi movies where people go to venus and yeah venus is involved i was just stuff. gonna say that sci-fi has been calling venus having secret life for so long right uh, uh, creators everywhere are absolutely vindicated right now i mean astronomers of course are quick to say like no no no, we're not saying life but at this point it's out of their hands <laughs> everyone else is saying life so i figured we could talk for a few minutes about potential for life on venus i mean th- this is interesting because whenever i hear stuff like this we've heard stuff like this before right oh they found a planet and granted most of the time it's like we found a planet in 16 galaxies you know away from ours where we found a molecule that's like suggest life first of all that's different than life second of all how do you see a molecule how do they see phosphine molecules on a planet how do you see a molecule that far away i thought they measure the wavelength of different gases and say okay this has the potential for life and it's more of a theory than it is a hey we found it yeah i think so from the article that i read and this is not my area of expertise But from what I read, apparently the atmosphere always has a certain amount because of volcanoes or whatever on Venus. I'm assuming there's volcanoes because this article said there was volcanoes. There's got to be. So apparently they found a higher level than what could be justified by volcanoes. And they're thinking and it's not 100 percent that they think that it like it's going to be organic matter or organic life creating that. But that's one of their leading theories. So I, I want to ask another very trivial question. When you think of Venus, just cl- close your eyes for a second. Picture Venus. I have to be honest, though. I don't really think of Venus. <laughs> you don't think of Venus. Well, that's 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 a you problem. But you know what Venus is if you went to elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what My very educated mother once told me to eat nine green. pies. That's not the same. But when I think of Venus, I picture green. No, it's yellow, right? So, okay. It's actually white. According, I just Googled what color is Venus because I saw a picture in this article. For whatever reason, I don't know why this is. This must be some childhood thing that happened to me. I've always thought of Venus as being purple. 
like ever since like like a light purple ever since i was younger i must i saw a picture in a book or something i don't know child's brains are weird but seeing this picture just now of a white venus i was like no no that's not right and i googled it and guess what it's white the scientific uh, mind in me knows the correct color but the child in me because of sci-fi pictures a lush green landscape that's what like plants yes i it's 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 what sci-fi <laughs> did to me that i know is absolutely incorrect there's volcanoes there according to i mean I, there probably are volcanoes there there aren't there volcanoes on every planet i don't know we're not astronomers that's i guess the main point we wanted to make but we want to hear from you about about uh venus if you th- if you think there's life on venus tell us so and then and, and what do you think that life is like you know are there i mean i have to assume if they haven't seen anything else you know molecules other than molecules like it's like bugs or something like well, i think too and and again, this is citing the same article that I don't know if it's super valid, but I guess because the surface of Venus is 900 degrees or something like that. So they don't think it's like life like we would know it, but it's some like cloud molecules living in the cloud stratosphere thing in the atmosphere right, of right. Venus. So like, hey, it, like, like they're probably steady, little like they're little bug thingies, you know, like one cell bug things that are just chilling floating in the clouds that that's what i'm seeing right now well and, and, and you have to wonder right like as, as maybe less so for the case of venus but like more so like for those remember we like i said we see planets many galaxies away from ours and are like oh there could be life there there could be a planet many galaxies away from ours that has a life much like ours and news is breaking on that planet today it's like oh we saw some smoke on this planet that's 16 galaxies away that we're calling earth there might there might be life there and that's like all they know about life here. I don't want to get like, like too too deep and heady about this topic. But the thing that always blows my mind and every time we take our telescope out or we'll have a campfire and look up at the stars, the thing that always, always blows my mind is when you realize that every single star you see in the sky is a sun and that there's other right. planets around that sun. So that it's just like it's mind boggling and makes you feel very small. But also it's just it, the universe is incredible, folks space is awesome well then there's always that thing too where they're like oh well that light you're seeing it took like 200 years for that light to reach your eyeballs yeah from you're the basically you're looking into the yeah. past insanity exactly i feel like this whenever we talk about aliens on this show which just is not the first time this it always kind of devolves into this sort of thing where we're just like wow space <laughs> and like <laughs> i'm not sorry about that i knew that was going to happen and i didn't care i want to talk about it and i'm happy that we is, did but it's the official stance of the online warriors podcast wow space wow. Does, it, does anyone <laughs> else get depressed from space it, no. it makes <laughs> I, it makes me sad and hear me out we'll never be able to really expand beyond our immediate solar system Hey, not with that attitude. Well, (laughs) anything is possible. (laughs) Light speed, in my opinion, is impossible. The Jews would kill us. So the the only way to do it is to, and we've talked about this before, is to upload your consciousness, travel, and then download your consciousness. (laughs) No way, dude. You need black holes or you need to pull some Mass Effect stuff and get some mass relay systems going. Right. Or Interstellar, where he goes in the black hole. Remember that? And he sees a bunch of bookshelves. Spoiler alert. I don't uh, think wormholes are possible, but hey, well, I've been proven wrong. You don't before. know, right? Well, that's I mean, that's the incredible thing about space. We literally do not know. Like anything could be out there. There could be like a giant puppy floating around in space that we like. It could be out there. No one can tell me it's not out there. Like the Galactus no of of canines. Yeah, it could be out right. there. You don't know that. And how? I hope he's not. And a world how can eater. a giant? Well, how can a giant space puppy possibly be depressing? I think is the point that Nerbom because he would make. need to eat food. And so if we the find puppy him, would? yeah, 
Yeah, maybe he's eating the space garbage that we put into the universe. I'm not worried about the space puppy. If the space puppy, if the space <laughs> puppy is in space, he knows what he's doing, and he's got a reason for being there. That's that's my theory. But we want to hear your theories. Again, I I started a call a call to action on social media. I never finished it. I'm going to finish it now at ow illegal 86 at ow nerd bomber at ow technic and our main show account at online warriors one we want to hear your theories about venus and i guess about life beyond the earth in general do you think that there's a giant space puppy do you think there's a giant space kitten do you think there's a giant space sea monkey i don't even still know what sea monkeys are basically Ooh, sea monkeys tell me that also i had these as a kid before we go to the break i'm gonna educate you really quickly on sea monkeys they're brine shrimp that's it that's all they are. Uh, but, but I don't even really know what that means. Teeny, tiny, yeah, they're just teeny tiny shrimp. And for whatever reason, everyone as kids thought it was super cool to have a bunch of teeny tiny shrimp. I actually, there was a sea monkey watch. And so it had a bubble over the time and you could take it because you could suck. The, they're small enough where you can suck them up in like a stopper type thing. So, or a pipette as they call them in science class. So I would right. actually, you would pick your sea monkey for the day and I had my favorite. It was Joe, Joe the Sea Monkey, and I would take him to school with me in my watch. He'd float around, would have a good time, probably would get very jumbled when I would run around on the playground. The watch was probably a terrible idea. Yeah, this but. sounds like sadistic. Poor Joe. I didn't, I was like six. I didn't design it, man. Right, grief. But I mean, he always, he lived, or my parents told me he lived, and maybe they threw him out. But every day, I, I picked Joe back <laughs> out of his tank, and I took him to school. That's a classic. Yeah, but if if they're small enough to suck up into a pipette, like, how would you know which one was Joe? Like, th- this story's collapsing under Again, its own weight. I was six years old. <laughs> all of it my, wasn't Joe, all of guys. them were probably it Really, Joe. she was sis- yeah. systematically killing and torturing them and then just squirting them back in the tank. <laughs> the parents, your parents would come into your room every night, take your watch off your wrist, take out the dead sea monkey, <laughs> the garbage. And the next morning you get a new sea monkey. This is horrible. I hate this story. I was so uplifted by space. <laughs> I was basically the girl in Finding Nemo. That's, that's just horrible. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to go to break now on that note. But before we do, some positive stuff. We want to shout out our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Jackness. Ben probably never killed sea monkeys when he was a child. Uh, hopefully not, Ben. I, correct me if I'm wrong, I guess. But he does support us on Patreon. He is one of our night subscribers. And as a result, he gets this producer shout out. He gets uh, input into our weekly game segment. And of course, he gets access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. And he also gets the occasional guest spot on the show, which he has done a few times now. We've enjoyed it every time. So first of all, thanks to Ben. Second of all, you can be like Ben. If you want to uh, get involved in giving back to the show, we love doing this. Any little bit helps. You can go over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. You can become a knight like Ben. You could become a squire, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, or you could become a page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So again, the details on that are at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Be kind to see monkeys and we'll be right back. want to know things about video games how about consumer oriented reviews honest opinions hot takes and predictions well you're listening to the right ad introducing the lit gaming arena podcast season two we bring you two episodes every week terminal news which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need and the lga cast where we talk about all the games we're playing in the gaming industry in general and we do not hold back any punches 
We also have the occasional wacky guest. So don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena Podcast at lga.gg. Okay, we're back to talk about Ubisoft Forward, which was a showcase of Ubisofts that I think took place recently. I guess that's the that's the most important thing. There were a number of trailers revealed. We're going to talk about a few of them here. I actually, well, I guess we should start with Prince of Persia. And I'm going to start with a disclaimer, as I often do for topics like these. I never played Prince of Persia. I know they made a Jake Gyllenhaal movie at one point, but I never played the game. I know a lot of people love it very much. I loved it. And... It looks cool. I mean, it see I don't I don't know how to approach this because like I feel like the term remake is being used very specifically. Like it's not a remaster. Is is the vibe that I'm getting from it. It's like a different thing. Like you wouldn't call Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a remaster of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I think is that am I understanding this correctly? I don't have any experience with the with the franchise. So let me start by saying, if you're not familiar with the franchise, it's basically my cup of tea. It's you can fast forward and reverse and pause time to solve basically puzzles to get through and progress in the game, as well as giving you a combat advantage. So very, very fun game. And and as he progresses throughout all of the different games, new powers, uh, different looks. Awesome game. I loved it. I even had it for my PSP, not just my PlayStation. Whoa. Yeah. So... The one thing I want to say about it is that I'm ex- I'm excited that it's coming back. However, I'm a little disappointed by the graphics. They are slightly improved, but it still looks like I'm playing it on like a like a 360 or it, none of this, you know, awesome leveraging of new technologies or anything like that. And and frankly, I wanted to right. see hyper-realistic characters. And this was originally PS2 generation. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Like I said, PlayStation, it was on multiple consoles at the time. Right, right. But that generation, the yeah. PS2, GameCube, Xbox. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a point, much of a point of reference, but I, 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 will say, I will go on a limb and say that for, for all of the games we're going to talk about, Watch Dogs Legion and Immortals Phoenix Rising, I was not like blown away. I suppose Watch Dogs would be the closest that I came to being blown away, but... But you've already been really blown, blown away. away. It's like it's like not a new blown away. Yeah, that, that it, the quality of that... I think what and I don't we'll talk about Watch Dogs Legion in a bit, but the the thing with Watch Dogs Legion was it wasn't supposed to be about the graphics. It was supposed to be what about what they're doing with the gameplay. But nowhere was I like, wow, these graphics are yeah, unbelievable. Like it wasn't like watching a PS5 or an Xbox showcase where I was like, oh my god, like this is next would, level stuff. I would definitely third that because and I understand that these are games for this current generation, or at least. Prince of Persia is coming out in time for the current generation. But we're so far deep and like there are so many games that just look beautiful on the Xbox yeah. One and the PlayStation 4 that there kind of was no excuse. And I'm very excited yeah. about Prince of Persia. I think it'll be really exciting to get a chance to go back and play this again. And I'm interested to see what kind of changes or tweaks they might have made to it and what kind of improvements. But yeah, I will say the graphics were a little bit disappointing. And I'm sure people will be very upset because I know a lot of people are waiting for a Prince of Persia remake or remaster. But I just I feel like Ubisoft has the power and the money to make it look a lot better than we got. And maybe, who knows, yeah. there's still a little bit of time. Maybe it's going to come out and it'll look a lot better. But from this trailer, it just didn't blow me away. 
and, and there's there's definitely like i mean tactics you said it looks like you're playing it on a 360 and and to that end too that there's certainly a difference graphically between like ps4 launch titles and like the last of us 2 to to pull out an example that i think was particularly graphically good or like uncharted 4 was also very good like there's there's a gradient of graphical quality across those but this is this is lower end this is this is launch title this is barely above 360 if not if even above 360 graphical quality i like the sound of it gameplay wise i like the idea of it i laughed during the trailer like the part where they're like the guys like stick the dagger into the into the sand and he does it and he's like gotcha i just thought that was, <laughs> i was like man that's great and then he's just spending the whole game like trying to pick up the sand is that is that the gist of it am i understanding this at all no cool. <laughs> but okay i mean there, it's time manipulation which that seems to be a a hot button game mechanic right lately i mean we've talked about what was the what was the game that's coming to the next gen that we talked about a week or two ago that death loop gives you like 20 no it gives you like 25 seconds oh man i can't think of it now death loop was another one that came to my mind but there's a few right that i mean time is an is an excellent concept one of the another game similar to this that i was absolutely in love with back in the 360 days was a game called time shift i mean time shift was great it's fantastic totally underrated i mean it should have done way better than it did but these kind of games they have a niche and they're phenomenal in my opinion you just got to give the people what they want and that's better graphics ubisoft well and there was a quantum break too yep i'll say topics and video games it feels like they're very cyclical because like tactic said you had time splitters you had trying to think there were a bunch of time-based game he didn't basically. even mention time splitters but that was another great one time splitters was great and i feel like we kind of got away from the time manipulation for a little bit like we had like quantum break and control which dabbled in it but for the most part time manipulation kind of went away as like a fad and now it's kind of coming back in as like a cool game mechanic so very right. neat the cyclical nature of media so so the prince approach remake I, I would argue was was the headliner or one of the headliners of, of this slate of trailers but immortals phoenix rising i mean this one I, I think this we talked a while back back it was the unreal demo and i was like okay the environments look great but the character model is is kind of it's not realistic right it's it's a little cartoony they, they go they go a certain way with it and this is the same thing to me is graphically it's fine but they're not going for realism they're going for i i what is she a cartoon is she an angel what's she or is she a phoenix uh, she's a god she's got wings she's a god she's got wings spoiler alert she's fighting like what looks like a slate of like mythical creatures monsters uh, right gods and monsters it looks super cool i don't it's one of those trailers where i don't super understand the gameplay you know, I mean, it's 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 very cinematic in nature, right? And and a lot of these were not watchdogs, but a lot of these were. So there's only so much to understand. But I mean, so, I thought I thought it looked really good. I so I don't mind a cartoony element to my games. Like I thought the cartoony character kind of fit with the entire world. Everything seemed like it was a little right. bit going cartoony, almost like they were trying to mimic like a Breath of the Wild type style of game, although not so much like cell shaded y. And so, like, I, I thought it looked really good. I thought I'm really into, like, mythical creatures and stuff, especially in games. Like, I feel like there's a really good story there that a lot of games don't touch on anymore. I feel like fantasy and mythic, mythical elements was really big against cyclical nature of games. Back in, like, the 90s and the early 2000s, I felt like we got a lot of that stuff. And we really haven't in a while. So I'm really excited to kind of dig back into that, those mythical god monster battles. 
Yeah, I, I agree with Nerd Bomber. I, I think the graphics fit the whole style of the game. I thought they, that looked phenomenal. And on top of that, I really liked that there was it was realistic armor for a female character. So way to go. Yeah, I will. I will give you that. Usually, like I have no problem dress the way you want to dress. I'm not. I'm not one of those people who care what you put on yourself. But the one thing in video games, it's always I've, I've always kind of found it funny is when they're like in the deep jungle and they barely have any clothes on. I'm like, oh, you would get malaria so bad right now. <laughs> like uh, like Lara Croft, situ- well, old school Lara Croft, new school Lara Croft has clothes on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what you're touching, I think this this one might just not be my style, but it sounds like it's your guy's style. So It's, it's one of those games, I don't know you. if I would go out and buy it launch day, but if it, it's something that pops up on sale or shows up on Game Pass, I'll probably give it a shot. Now, I think Watch Dogs Legion is my style. Like, I, like, and granted, I didn't play Watch Dogs the first Watch Dogs. I didn't play Watch Dogs two. I think I have. I think I actually own Watch Dogs the first one. I haven't played it, but this is pushing the boundaries. I mean, when you look at Watch Dogs, you're like, okay, it's Grand Theft Auto with hacking. Is yeah, for yeah. to me the broad strokes of it. But this is what they're describing in, in their extended look at, at this because this game's been in development for a while. We've talked about Watch Dogs Legion before, um, but they're really showing off. You know the idea that you can quote unquote hack anyone and you can you can just find a character in the city who has certain attributes and they become your playable character like the possibilities are extremely endless it's such a cool idea i question the execution a little bit but the idea isn't is enough i think to first of all set it apart from its contemporaries and second of all make it worth playing um, yeah, for me, I said this before, this is definitely a game that I'm going to be buying probably right when it comes out. Launch. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of continuity is required. Probably not much. I mean, it looks like this is in London. I certainly don't think the other games were, but it's such a cool concept. And like, I, you know, I play Crackdown. Like, I don't do Grand Theft Auto games very much, but Crackdown I had a lot of fun with. So if this is anything like that, I'll probably have a good time. And and if the if the quote unquote customization that you can get from you know getting people to join your team looks like you can basically meet someone and they're like do this thing for me and then they become part of your team it's kind of like a side quest that gives you the goal or gives you the reward of here's this person that you can then play as i love it i love that idea and and, you know they basically gave in this trailer a few examples of like you can have this per it was so strange like they're like here's this cool getaway car driver guy and uh here's this ultra hacker lady and then they're like and here's a beekeeper i was like what <laughs> like with it took electronic a left turn. bees not you run with electronic bees. bees and then they were like oh and also there's this banksy like graphic artist that you can like shoot a paintball i was like like they're going i and, enjoy like, the how the, it, some of the characters have flaws too like hey this is an assassin but he has hiccups he and, has the hiccups yeah I mean, that makes that truly makes this each character kind of unique and not generic assassin you know generic hacker and it's very it's, it's in keeping with when the trailer starts before they've talked about all that stuff there's a very like tonally like tongue-in-cheek thing happening right where they're like they don't want to be taken seriously they're like this is a goofy thing and at the end of the day something they've been touting the entire time is like you can play as a grandma and they, they show in this trailer like oh you can be this guy but he has a hard time moving around He's like an old man, like wearing a gas mask or something. Like it's going to be kind of ridiculous, but I think embracing that is better than not embracing. I mean, in a city full of people where you can be anyone, you're bound to find someone with like rheumatoid arthritis, right? Like in a sense, that's realistic. And then you can be like, you can give yourself a challenge. You'd be like, I'm going to be the rheumatoid arthritis guy and like, see if I can 
do this mission. And like uh, the more that I'm seeing of it, so that was that was my biggest concern actually. The last few times that we've seen stuff from this game, I was like, okay, well they showed us like a couple characters that you can be, and they have unique capabilities and skills. But like, how how in depth can they really go here? Like, is every character really going to be that unique? And granted, we're still only seeing like another three or four characters in this video, but they are they seem to be going all out. Like you guys are saying, right. there's they're all very unique. Like the beekeeper one was the one that kind of blew me the way the most because I was like, I did not see that one coming at all. And like, it is a variation on drones, but it's a cool variation. So I I am actually really excited. I mean, I've been excited about this game. And I think this just kind of sealed it. Like, I'll be kind of disappointed if, yes, over the last six months or however long they've been pumping out these little previews, we've been seeing like groups of three or four different characters that you can be in those skills. And like, if that's if that ends up kind of being the cap for what you can do, I'll be disappointed. But it, it I'm really hopeful and positive that I'm hoping they actually fleshed out this world and that all of the characters right. are as unique as they're making them seem. I'm hoping for and a kind of, of medical issues. <laughs> right, right. Rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, just name it. Something Constant that would debilitate you. spells. Irritable bowel syndrome. Ooh, yeah. That'd be a good one. Tourette's um, could be could be interesting. This is this is what I'm thinking. Like it's this is what I mean when I said I question the execution. Is like the amount of sheer possibilities is just so much. Like it, I can't believe that they would be able to do it effectively enough where you could literally walk up to anyone on the street and they're like, "Hi, you know, I have you know big fan of the IBS, really bad, a really bad head cold." Yeah, IBS. I'll stick with the one that worked. I have really bad IBS, but I need help. And if you help me, I'll help you beat the hackers. Like it's just it's, <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Have you guys played Watch Dogs? Either of you? Yep. Yeah. I got the same Good. vibe as you. Basically, Grand Theft Auto with hacking. Okay. I, yeah, so that's what it looks like. I have Watch Dogs too, and I've just never played it. But I heard it was actually a lot better than Watch Dogs One. But you know when like you play the first installment in the game, and then you're kind of shy when the sh- sequel comes out because like it wasn't bad, but like it wasn't wasn't like sequel worthy. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully it's sequel worthy enough for a third installment called Watch Dogs Legion, which is coming TBD. I don't know if they gave her a release date for this one. I, don't, I didn't see any release dates in any of this stuff. Uh, I believe I this is Jan- coming in October, but I could be wrong. So I want to ask I you guys say, a question. Yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead. How do you riders feel? Because that's one that I was actually really excited for that I haven't seen yet. Sorry. Watch Dogs Legion is coming out October 29th, 2020. How do the... What was the question you asked? Oh, riders. Are you talking yeah, about how riders? How do you Republic? riders feel? R-I-D-E-R-S. I mean, I thought the game looked cool. I've been burned by other games in the past. Like, I don't know if I'd have the attention span for a game like that to play it for a lengthy amount of time, but um, it looked cool. For me, it looked like a combination of Dirt meets SSX meets Fall Guys, because like the absolute chaos of all of the people running around in their own custom costumes. And I'm I'm kind of here for it. I, I agree with you, Nerd Bomber, that its its playability and longevity does seem questionable. But from a initial look of what they're touting that this game is going to include, it looks really, really good. Yeah, so... If I'm going to be playing any game that surrounds, quote-unquote, extreme sport or, like, snowboard, but I'm going to play... I'm going to buy the new Tony Hawk. Like, I, I mean, that's, that's a narrow-minded view, but, like, I have not played a snowboarding game or a motocross game, whatever you want to call it, since 1080 Snowboarding, back for the N64. It's a fantastic game. Shout out to 1080 Snowboarding. But not my genre, I guess, is is what I'll say. I mean, I think the aspect of the fact that it's like a massively multiplayer game is kind of cool. But yeah, I don't know if Riders Republic is my jam. 
like I'll probably give it a try if we have it or if it's on Game Pass or something like that. But yeah, I'm not gonna seek it out. Well, there you have it. Uh, it won't it won't be sought out. We want to hear what you had to think. You had you have to say about the Ubisoft Forward event. Uh, hit us up again on the on Twitter sphere. Our handles OWD86, OW Tactic, OW Nerd Bomber, and of course our main show account Online Warriors One. Hit us up right now. It's time for what are you up to Wednesday? Which we should like make a jingle or something for. I feel like I just say it's time for what are you up to Wednesday, and then I we launch into updates. But we're gonna do that again here. What are and you up to Wednesday? All right. Now you have to do that every single episode. <laughs> you should not have signed up for that. We'll start with Tactic. Tactic, how's your week been, man? The biggest thing that I want to talk about is we watched a couple movies this weekend. The American Pickle and... The Seth Rogen thing. Yes, the Seth Rogen. It looks really, really funny from the trailer, but I have to say it's kind of a movie about nothing. And the the whole gimmick that it's around is really done and over with within the first 10 minutes of the movie and i have to say i'm kind of disappointed with it because i've seen some really good movies directed by seth rogan that i that i loved and this one just it fell short so like i i can chime in a little bit i i do understand how this one was straight to hbo max and didn't go in a movie theater because the premise is that uh seth rogan's great grandfather who looks identical to him gets pickled in brine for a hundred years or so and then is discovered one day and has to adapt to modern life. But it really, like, that's a funny concept. It seems like it should be funny. And then it just evolved into a kind of, like, battle between them and a very introspective look at religion and family, which is fine, but it's not what I but, signed up for based on yeah. the trailer. So With a Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, really I cool. thought it would be funny, and it ended up being kind of a downer, honestly, in my opinion. Like, I, I didn't laugh a lot, and I was, at the end of it, I was just like, this this was fine. And if there's one thing we all need during the pandemic, it's it's a good downer. Um, <laughs> so thanks for the warning. Sorry, uh, tactic, tactic, you can continue. Yeah, I, you, I jumped you, in there. So the other movie we watched was we finally got around to watching Birds of Prey. And, you know, it, mm. it didn't really get received well in the box office. But honestly, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I'm a little disappointed about the characters that they picked from a comic perspective. Um, Cassandra Kane was in this movie. I'm not going to really say what her role was. But basically, she was just a pickpocketer in the show and in the movie. And in the comics, she's much more badass than just a straight up pickpocketer. Could even be a Batgirl type badass, assassin level skills. And she was weak. So there was some potential there. And the other thing that had potential that fell short for it was the villain. So the villain in, in this movie was Black Mask. And he was just kind of goofy. In the comics, he's this he's this basically the rich bad guy version of Batman. I guess, well, the only reason is he's like Batman is because he's rich. But he has this right. like really dark backstory where he like kills his family. And, and this, it was just like, I failed my dad. And that, that was it. And it's Ewan McGregor, right? Yeah. I would almost argue like he was the bad guy, but I think Victor Zaz played a bigger role and was more of a direct villain throughout the movie. Like, yeah, he, he was like, Black Mask was in it, but he really wasn't the primary bad guy, in my opinion. I think Victor Zaz was his henchman and kind of like carried out all of the bad stuff and had his own little story beats going on. I thought the movie was good, though. I thought it was different than what I expected from a superhero movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the focus on Harley Quinn just being kind of goofy was funny. I thought it was it was yeah. just a fun movie. Very colorful, too. I really like the colorfulness of the whole thing. 
it was good, but I think they could have done better is all I'm saying. Those oh, two, for sure. Those two characters have very strong backgrounds and they just left them at the door. Are we in sequel territory? No, I don't really think so. I think they set it up where there probably could be a sequel, but I don't know if we'll get one. And I think Harley Quinn, isn't she supposed to have her own spinoff movie at some point? Yeah, that sounds right. So I had honestly forgotten about Birds of Prey. I know we talked about it on the show when I think when the trailer came out, but I never went and saw the movie. Well, it's on HBO Max. It's all in all. I'd watch it. I wouldn't watch The Great American Pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, duly noted. Thanks for the update, Tactic. Nerd Bomber, what do you have? So I broke my toe, so I have been laying yeah. low. <laughs> and That's um, cool. for the most part, just playing games and watching things. So first off, I want to say that we started watching The Boys. Season two came out and we actually started watching it last week, but we caught up with the fourth episode, which just came out. They're drip feeding it kind of like The Mandalorian does where every week there's a new mm-hmm. episode. And I'm really enjoying it. It's currently getting review bombed on Amazon because people don't like that it's getting drip feeded and not dropped all at once. But right. it is what it is. I, th- I still think it's a really good show. I Obviously, the fact that I can't wait for the next week to come means that I'm enjoying it a lot. I think they are diving into the characters a little bit more and exploring the characters. And I, I think... There's a lot of fallout still from last season that they're really digging into at the beginning of the season, and it's really good so far. Still the dark and grim show that you, if you watch the first season, basically it's going to be the same type of tone, except maybe a little bit amped up. Um, I'm a big Carl Urban guy. That's the main draw for me. Love Carl Urban. Mm -hmm. Have you watched The Boys? No. Never have. Oh, you're gonna uh, need to do I, that, man. It's super good. It's like really, really graphic and grim, but like really good. Amazon, like, it's one of those things where I was, I probably would have been more predisposed to do it if Amazon, if my Fire Stick didn't just absolutely bombard me with ads for it. Like, I've seen a million boy, the boys' ads just by being on my Fire Stick. But like, like that's a terrible reason to not watch the show because it's super good. It's a fine reason to not watch the show because yeah, I feel like I've already seen it a hundred thousand times. Well, their advertising isn't working. Amazon, you heard it here first. Stop giving me boys advertisements. Um, the other thing that I do want to say that I've been doing, other than the fact that we finally finished Battletoads and we got through a lot of those co-op missions that were very hard with two players. I'd say there's like the, the space game, the like mini game things. That was very difficult because you have one person controlling the, the ship and the other person controlling the weapons. And that's just very hard to like coordinate between the two of you, especially since there's so much stuff coming at you. So it was it was super fun. I enjoyed it. I was glad that we were done and we beat it, though, because there were some levels that were like pulling out your hair. But primarily, I have been playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. My pre-order. Oh, damn. You got it? Well, I pre-ordered it, and then it didn't come for like a week. So all weekend, we were playing it, and it is really good. Is it amazing? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. The soundtrack is on point. Like There's enough old songs from the original games mixed in with some new songs. So it's like kind of a fresh soundtrack. Everything is kind of like faithful, faithfully recreated from the original games. I will say, though, I remember being better at the game when I was a yeah. kid and probably because I just played it all the time. And I used to be able to rack up like 100,000 combos without batting an eye. And now I can barely do a trick without falling. But I'm slowly yeah. improving and I'm getting there and riding around finding skate. But yeah, it's it's super fun. I am very impressed with how they pulled this off because I know Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was a disaster. 
So I was kind of like on edge. I was like, I don't know, like a lot of the preview stuff that we had saw for the game looked good, but I, I wasn't like fully sold on it. And man, it is, it's probably one of the most near perfect remaster slash remakes that I've ever played. So you, if you're on the fence, you should buy it. Few games capture my grip with such veracity where I become unreasonably clammy while playing it. And this game <laughs> meets those requirements. Yeah, we... I, it's fun because like it's split screen. They have split screen like the original right. games did. And it's just so much fun to go back and do like trick attack and horse and stuff like that. I love it. I, I was mean, never horse. any good. Oh, gosh. I was never any good at Tony Hawk. So like that, like you're saying, you remember being good. No, I was never any good at it. I loved it. I still love it. I, I, I'm going to love that when I buy it. I'm sure I'm going to buy it. I saw a little bit of the gameplay. I, I know Jack Black has a cameo in the game. And I know, too, that. He worked with the developers on it, so he played it on his YouTube channel. Shout out to Jablonski Games. It's a fantastic YouTube channel where he plays video games. And it looked it looked great. It looked like, it looked like the old school Tony Hawk's, which is, I think, what most people are looking for. So yeah, I'll definitely it, have like, to hop in on that. It played like it. it. It literally felt like coming back home, which sounds really like overblown and dramatic, but like it really did felt, feel like I was a kid again playing this game in my living room. Mm-hmm with my brother and sister and it was awesome hey ubisoft yeah. that's how you remake a game truly Kapow. uh yeah there you go ubisoft take that on my end only really two things to update on this past weekend endeavored to do one of the few activities outdoor activities that is generally deemed okay under social distancing correct me if i'm wrong my girlfriend and i went camping uh for one night and then got rained out before we could spend the second night uh well, that's that exciting yeah you know cook some s'mores did some hiking all that all that good stuff played some long did you games. take the pooch we did not take the pooch the pooch uh, listen the pooch isn't cut off for that life fun fact while we were recording this episode my girlfriend messaged me and said that my pooch pooped in the bathroom so i'm gonna be dealing with that oh after boy. we're done recording yeah i'm really excited about that so i, I went camping but the other main the, the meat of my update this week started a new show uh incidentally on hbo lovecraft country guys it's pretty good we're two we're only two episodes in we started yesterday but it's a very interesting mix it's kind of like castle rock if 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 our listeners ever watch that show it's it's you know castle rock is very focused on stephen king's work this is of course focused a lot on hp lovecraft's work but it's also a lot takes place in the 50s and it's a lot about racial tensions during that time uh it's a predominantly black cast who are interacting with kind of a white driven world which of course is has never been more timely but it's it's an interesting and eclectic mix of those two things but it really so far two episodes and it really works so i would definitely recommend that to anyone who's into kind of spooky it's kind of like pulpy horror stuff mixed with mixed with drama i'm into it so far we'll update and then i also finished burnout paradise but that's don't really need to talk about that much other than that it was a good experience i do have to ask do you have a new game lined up uh everspace is currently on the docket uh if only because i got that boy that would have been for my birthday which was in may (laughs) so uh it's i'm overdue on that other games have kind of slid in in front of it but gonna be doing that for a while i'm really excited about that too looking to get back into ship combat after the starlink battle for atlas debacle where i lost like a bunch of hours of gameplay uh not to open that wound so let's let's move on now to the quiz uh which i believe is helmed by tactic i just know it's not me because i can never win these things but maybe this week is my week we're talking we're going to do a quiz about the atari 2600 thanks to our patreon subscribers who uh suggested this one and tactic i think you've got some questions lined up for us i do so let's get right into it with the first question being when did the atari 2600 first come out 
Who goes okay. first on this one? Don't care. I- I'm going to go first. I'm going to give you a supporting chance. No bummer. Uh, I'm going to say 1974. Shoot. That's what I was going to say. I, I think- feel like that's a pretty good answer. Okay, I'm going to say 1970 because I feel like it could be either 72 or 74. Ooh, small gap there. So Illegal takes it. It was unveiled September, well, it was released to the public September 11th, 1977. Ooh, okay. So it's actually too early, but I'm on the board early. This is this is it, guys. I can feel it. This is, this is my week. You didn't like the meme we made of you? <laughs> I love the meme, but I'm done. I'm done being a, a meme subject. I've decided. Uh, you so guys are, with, are great meme smiths. With this early technology, how many bytes of RAM did the Atari have? Shoot. I feel like but we're not even talking gigabytes. We're talking bytes. I mean, that makes sense. But I, I don't know what number I need to say here. Uh, a hundred? Okay. So a couple things. Uh, maybe I'm about to look like a fool, but... When you're talking about bytes of things, it's usually like multiples of four, like 16, 32, 64, 128, 256. So that's my first side signpost. You said 100 bytes? Yeah, because I thought maybe it would be like, I don't know, man. I don't, I'm going to say 100. I'm going to say I'm going to do some strategy here and say 128 bytes because I'm sure it's kilobytes or higher. <laughs> so I'm just going to say 128 bytes and not bust. And Tectic, uh, tell, tell me that I've... That I've so, your strategy was correct. A hundred is impossible. Um, <laughs> and you've spot on hit it at 128 bytes. Okay, so wow, I wasn't, wasn't kilobytes. I wasn't wow. that far off though. That's why I didn't you know I didn't know what the intervals were. So that's why I went with a hundred, because I figured it had to be like around there, but I didn't know how niche to get. Because like what if it was one sixteen or something like that? I don't know. Not so, even kilobytes? The the not the seventies were, were whack, man. With the limited capability of RAM at the time, it's a really interesting read what game developers had to do to allocate memory so that it doesn't bog down the game. I mean, even the Pokemon games for the Game Boy were just an absolute work of art in the strategies that they had to implement to right. to keep it optimized. So mm. good read for you folks listening into that stuff. Well, I'm running away with it. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but it's happening, guys. I'm doing it. How many units have been sold? Of the Atari 2600. Uh, whew. It's not that many. 500,000. I feel like it's at least got to be in the millions because we had one growing up and not that my family, like my family was pretty technological. Like we used to keep up with times, uh, but like we were You guys were hipsters. You guys uh, were hipsters. I don't know. I'm going to say 1 million at least. Okay. So Nerd Bomber takes it at 30 million units. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was a little wide on that one. Okay. Okay. Shake it off. When first released, how much did it sell for? I feel like it was pretty expensive. I'm trying to think back like, man, so consoles have, I feel like they've almost gotten a little bit cheaper. Like I know things are expensive now, but like technology is cheaper to produce. You get more for less. I want to say it was probably like $500. Okay. We're talking the 70s. You could like buy a car with $500. I'm going to say $50. There's, you couldn't buy a car with $500, man. It was the 70s, man. So Nerd Bomber busted. It was $199, which in today's equivalency would be the same as 
$839 US. Okay, so I just suck at inflation basically. But like so, I was so in the right headspace. If if you if you inflate $500, you'd have like what? Like $1600 or so, so around $2000 probably. Yeah. You could buy a car with $2000 granted a used car, but I'm telling you man, the 70s were whack. So it's right, impossible sweet. for you to lose now. Wow. I'm victory lap. Let's do it. So Pac-Man was the best-selling game. How many units were sold? Okay, so you said 30 million units of the console. And this is like specific to the Atari. <sighs> yes. Uh, 40 million. 40 million. I feel like, because people didn't just use the Atari for gaming. The Atari 2600, I believe, could also be used as like a personal computer of sorts. I, I think. I could be talking on my butt, but I'm pretty sure you could kind of use it as a personal computer. And so I don't, I feel like not everyone was buying the game. So Pac-Man was pretty popular. So I'm going to say 20 million. So you both busted. The answer was 7 million. Oh, wow. Well, so you won, but I'm going to throw in a bonus oh question just for funsies. This is weird. What alien game for the Atari was touted as the game? Oh, Space Invaders. No, E.T. I don't even have to. Yes, it was E.T. Oh, the yeah. worst it was game. Everyone, it everyone the worst E.T. game ever worst for game Atari. I thought you, you were going to like, say like the best game. I thought I'm, I'm the one. I guess I'm an optimist now. I, I thought he was going to spin it like the best new game of all time. And I was like Space Invaders. But no. E.T. Yeah. They had to like they had to like bury copies of it in a landfill in New Mexico because it wouldn't sell. It's like it's like a legend. Well, listen, guys, I did it. Uh, I want to give some credit to the Netflix docu-series high score which granted i didn't get any direct answers directly from that but i think watching that sporadically recently put me in the right headspace so i'll be giving the quiz next week which is going to be weird for everyone but we'll, we'll get through it and then i'll be back to sucking probably but i want to thank the academy and i want to thank tech Dick for giving a great <laughs> quiz nerd bomber for probably letting me win and boosting my confidence so yeah get hyped for next week quiz topic tbd news topics tbd Host? Well, we do have one news topic. We definitely know the PlayStation 5 will be talked about. Oh, right. Right. One topic, D, which D is for decided. Two topics, TBD. Hosts, D. Release time, D. There's a lot of things that are D, a lot of things that are TBD. We'll, we'll, we'll see you then. Energy. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you so much for listening, whether you listen so much or you listen just a little. Thank you for listening. And if you want to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We would appreciate that. Whether the feedback is positive or negative, we look forward to getting some news over there. But in the meantime, we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much again for listening and go be an online warrior. Have a great week, everybody.